Historic Mercy Hospital in Chicago's Brownsville neighborhood was more than a building. It was family to many of the employees and patients who walked through its doors. Mercy was a linchpin on the south side, where access to health care has been vanishing for years. But the hospital was also hemorrhaging money, and new owners took over in June. WBEZ's Kristen Shore spent more than a year documenting Mercy's downfall and how it reflects the struggle to provide health care to the people who need it most. Here's the first of several stories we're airing this week. It's Memorial Day, close to midnight, and the scene in the parking lot of Chicago's historic Mercy Hospital is like a tailgate party. Music is blaring. There's a table heavy with food. Drinks all around. I think it's just pink lemonade. Dr. Adele Cobbs, who helped lead Mercy's ER, takes a sip. No, it's not. Just pink lemonade. (laughs) Stiff drinks aside, this isn't just any tailgate. It's more of a wake or a celebration of life. A toast to Mercy, Chicago's oldest chartered hospital. In the crowd are nurses, doctors, technicians. It's a family, and they've come to say goodbye. Because within the hour, a new owner takes over, and Cobbs and hundreds of other employees are not sticking around. It just wasn't going to be mercy. It was There was no signs of mercy in this plan. So, you know, mercy is not a building. It's, 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 a, it's the people. She points to the building where she grew up and says how much she's intertwined in this community, how mercy is home. But just 30 minutes after we spoke, that would change for good. This is the story of how Mercy disappeared. In July of last year, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, Mercy's leaders delivered a jolt. The hospital would close in 2021. Ultimately, it would get bought in the 11th hour. But until then, Mercy would slowly fade away as the community it served battled to save it. All we hear every day is people doing press conferences where Black Lives Matter is coming out of their mouth. When it counts, our lives really don't matter. As a so-called safety net hospital, Mercy treated mostly poor, elderly, and black patients in an area where health disparities raged. As an OB that's serving the community, I see the lack of care for these patients. Today's story is about more than just a hospital going under. It's a window into why healthcare is so unequal and to the struggle to provide treatment to the people who need it most. Unless we change the underlying medical system in this country, these hospitals cannot survive because we set up a structure that makes it impossible. Mercy has a rich legacy. It was about 170 years old and survived the Great Chicago Fire. It trained generations of doctors and treated lots of famous patients, from Teddy Roosevelt to Muhammad Ali. And so many people who work there say it was a special place. Dr. John Patterson was an OBGYN who spent 45 years at Mercy. And back then, you know, everybody, it was like a big family, really. Everybody would have a wonderful party. So, you, you know, you got a chance to know everybody in the hospital. It's where Patterson met his wife. Many employees have these deep connections. Mercy is where they were born. It's where they and their own families and friends go when they get sick. Dr. Alan Jackson was a cardiologist at Mercy who grew up across the street, skateboarding in the shadow of the hospital as a kid. I mean, I might have a guy from Streets and Sands, Bridgeporter, who may be related to one of the politicians. I may have someone from Chinatown that speaks a dialect called Thai Chinese, which is rare. We have nurses who can speak that. We have Latino patients. And then we have our black population. So you just see a slice of real Chicago at Mercy. 
But here's another reality. The South Side is a healthcare desert where people have dramatically less access to care than in whiter, richer parts of Chicago. There's a severe drought of physicians, even though people who live here tend to get sicker and die younger. So Mercy was an oasis, but safety nets like it are bleeding money. They're losing patients. And the ones who do show up often have no insurance, or the insurance they do have doesn't nearly cover the cost to treat them. That puts these hospitals in the worst position to provide care to the most vulnerable people. You can hear how frustrating this is to those who've worked there, like John Patterson. The reason that there's a problem with safety nets is because uh, the people that live in the safety nets, you know. The problem is, is that black and brown people are not valued. Our lives are not valued. And when safety nets cut services or close, the people left behind feel abandoned, like these hospitals just didn't try hard enough. I actually thought I was going to die, and I owe my life to Mercy Hospital. If they close Mercy, then where would I be? 92-year-old Dolores Wilson lives less than a mile from the hospital. She was treated there last spring when her intestines became inflamed. When the pain came back a few weeks later, she called an ambulance. And I said, well, just take me to Mercy. They said, we can't take you to Mercy. I said, but I was at Mercy before. They said, we cannot take you to Mercy. They're closed or whatever. I said, no, they're not. I was there just a couple, few weeks ago. Mercy's ER was so short of nurses that paramedics for months had been taking patients to other hospitals. That created a domino effect. Wilson says she waited 14 hours in another hospital's packed ER. Finally, she got frustrated and left without ever seeing a doctor. Mercy turned down all of our interview requests, so we spent some time in another Southside Safety Net hospital, one that's wrestling with the same issues. I'm Yolanda Penny. I'm the director of nursing here at St. Bernard's. I've been here 29 years. It's mid-July, and Penny is showing me around. St. Bernard is in Inglewood, about five miles south of Mercy. Okay, we're going to go to the emergency room. Oh, Mr. Holland's there. Please be patient with us. We're doing a little reconstruction in our ED. The emergency department is like a hospital's front door, but over the sound of construction, Penny tells me she doesn't have nearly enough nurses to work it. So I will give you an example. Tonight I'm challenged. I have four nurses scheduled. I should have nine. When the pandemic hit last year, Many nurses offer private agencies that paid, in some cases, six times more than St. Bernard. It's sometimes debilitating um, where there are those of us who come in and help work just to make sure they can get through the day. I catch up with Penny later. She says overnight the ER was full. There was a patient who was shot multiple times, a sick baby, a woman who said she'd already been to three other ERs, and two of them were so slammed people were waiting outside in lawn chairs. So Penny the director of nursing, scrubbed up and went to work as an ER nurse. We as safety net hospitals are here to serve as a community, to make sure that they stay safe. But as far as resources, we do not have those. The struggles have been much the same at Mercy. And last year, leaders there said they had reached a breaking point. The hospital was losing at least $4 million a month. Mercy's owners tried, but failed, to save the hospital with a billion-dollar merger. So in July of 2020, they announced the hospital would close this year. There was immediate outrage. What would happen to patients if this oasis, in this healthcare desert, disappeared? Here's Dr. John Patterson again. So basically, you're releasing these patients, and you really don't have any place for them to land. It's like pushing them out of a plane without a parachute. Over the next several months... 
It would be a long fall. Kristen Schorsch, WBEZ News. This story is part of a fellowship with the Association of Healthcare Journalists, supported by the Commonwealth Fund.